Welcome aboard to Cruise Radio, your home port for everything cruising and more. Subscribe to our newsletter and weekly radio show at cruiseradio.net. All right, thank you so much for checking us out. Cruise Radio, in only a few short months, we've got over 3,000 subscribers to our weekly show, and we really do appreciate it. This week, we'll talk to frequent cruiser on Holland America, Dr. Steve Guyland. Weekly contributor Scott Laura talks to us about sailing out of Port Canaveral, Florida. In Cruise News, find out why so many ships had delayed departures on the Gulf Coast. But first, 2010 is literally right around the corner, which means it's time to start booking your summer vacations. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, joins us to talk about 2010 cruise trends. He's a regular contributor on CNBC, CNN, and ABC's Good Morning America. Stuart, since this is your first time here on Cruise Radio, tell us a little bit about yourself. I've been in the business for uh, almost 21 years. I've done 148 cruises, sailed all over the world on, you know, I've seen just about every ship uh, out there, and I enjoy sharing uh, the tips and deals to help uh, save consumers money and make sure they're on the right ships at the right price and not getting uh, too, you know, caught up in the, uh, let's call it the sensationalism that's out there because each ship is different. Buying a cruise is like buying a car. What can we expect in 2010? What kind of trends will we be seeing uh, cruise-wise? Well, 2010 will debut uh, some new larger ships. Uh, we just saw Oasis of the Seas come out in uh, December 1st of '09. Its sister ship, Allure of the Seas, will come out same time in 2010. Uh, NCL will be coming out with their largest ship ever, the uh, Norwegian Epic, uh, in uh, June of 2010. So there'll be some more ships uh, departing out of uh, Florida. And essentially what that does is it really puts uh, puts a little pressure on, on pricing. And at this point, with the amount of uh, passengers uh, sailing, that it actually could bring the, the pricing down or keep it down for consumers uh, which, you know, being here in Florida, it certainly saves uh, people a lot of money when they can, you know, go on a Caribbean cruise when you can find deals, especially like in the fall from, you know, 399 or $499 uh, and heading into the winter months, uh, you know, starting uh, in the 599 range. But uh, also you have, you know, this time of year, the Panama Canal sailings, you've got the partial transits uh, out of Florida, which will take you into uh, Gatun Lake and take you in through the first set of the uh, Panama Canal locks and then uh, turn around and come back out, which alleviates the, the headaches of having to do one-way airfare, uh, or their actual full transits, which will get you from Florida to California or back. And you know now also people are looking uh, to doing some uh, winter cruising in uh, the Mediterranean, the Baltic uh, cruises uh, to the northern capitals. Uh, this is definitely not the time of year, but the Mediterranean, uh, specifically the Western Mediterranean, has developed into more of a uh, year-round destination. It may be a little cooler than what some people may expect in the summer, but uh, sailing around uh, Greece and Italy and Turkey uh, in the middle of January, February, and March, while the kids are in school, uh, certainly helps keep uh, pricing down. Um, I mean, there there are times when I mean you can get a 12-night cruise with two nights hotel. In Barcelona, for example, where you could find pricing as low as uh, about $1,799, uh, including uh, your airfare, let's say, from Jacksonville, two nights in Barcelona and a 12-night cruise. And uh, the nice part about uh, those types of cruises is that they may very well include uh, itineraries that uh, have um, not only uh, Turkey 
and uh, Italy, but also Egypt, as they'll maybe spend an overnight in Alexandria, Egypt, so you can go visit the pyramids in Cairo and Giza. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, cruising is the best bang for your buck. Look, I wholeheartedly agree with you, and, <laughs> you know, it, it eliminates the, the hassle of packing, unpacking, checking out of yeah. hotels. Uh, waiting in airports, and uh, you're not waking up in the same boring place each day. Back to the trends. It's interesting because the trend seems to be bigger ships now. Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas, as you, as you mentioned, the Carnival Dream. Yet, some regular cruisers that I've talked to seem to prefer the smaller ships. My question is, do you see people booking on the Oasis? Are they buying into the hype, or are they uh, just waiting to see the dust settle and see what happens in the reviews? Well, let's say it's all of the above. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I will tell you, Oasis is more than uh, what you may have heard. The ship is is really a fabulous ship, and I'm not saying that. Look, I was, you know, knocked over, but it it just defies every ship design um, that you may have ever seen. Um, there's there's nothing really, um, you know, there's nothing in the world like this ship and the different types of activities and the venues and the amenities and the experience that it provides, there is not another ship in the world that can provide that kind of an experience. Uh, I was just on again uh, this past Saturday, and, uh, you know, it was uh, quite full. Um, I haven't gotten the, the actual numbers yet, but, uh, I mean, the, the ship, uh, you know, with, with the different types of the restaurants, and it, look, it's about options. And, you know, each time the, the industry brought in a new ship, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of the same thing. You hear, well, you know, they brought the uh, shops out into the open, and if you know, some people feel like you're being you know turned upside down and shaken for everything you got. The beauty of the sh- ships, um, when they broke out of the the mold from the 77,000 ton range up to the 100,000 tons and up to 140, was that the more passengers they were able to put on the ship, the more profitable it became for them. And what they were able to do is make the experience more customizable by the passengers, meaning you had a larger spa, which means more people could enjoy the different uh, facilities within the spa. There's certainly the pay areas, and there's also better facilities just for people that don't want to pay, meaning you have better gym equipment, uh, you know, better exercise equipment with all the latest technology. Um, and it, it's, it's nicer because, you, you know, as a passenger, you have the option to choose what you want. Now, Princess started with uh, Hagen Dazs and Royal Caribbean, and uh, um, you know, furthered that with Ben and Jerry's. You know, some people became incensed by having to pay for ice cream. Well, they do offer self-serve ice cream. You can you can eat as much of that as you want, but there are there are people that would like to have a a premium uh, for ice cream, and so they charge a few dollars for it. I was just going to ask, as far as mentioning the massive size of the Oasis and their need to fill those cabins. Is that going to drive down the prices in the market with the other cruise lines? It, well, the good news is it has not at this time. It's, it's having a completely opposite effect hmm. that Freedom of the Seas had when she debuted in 06, where it did cannibalize the pricing on other cruise lines. The prices right now on the other cruise lines are no different today um, than, than they were before Oasis would have arrived, or let's say they're out of, they're out of the, the norm. Right. Um, I mean, to give you an idea, uh, just, you know, let's say a kind of a look at the first quarter pricing. Now, the average price, if you took all 12 of the first quarter sailings, January, February, and March, the average price just to get on Oasis at that point was $1,491. 
uh, Emerald Princess sailing out of Fort Lauderdale uh, doing seven night you know Caribbean uh, had an average starting price of six ninety nine, which means that you'd have to pay one hundred and thirteen percent more just to get on Oasis. Man, but again, there is it's it's like there are people that will spend five thousand dollars over <laughs> this price to get on the newest to get the newest flashiest car. Right, and this is the newest flashiest ship. There's nothing that can compete. Now, keep in mind, some people were, oh my God, this ship is 40% bigger than the three Freedom-class ships, the uh, Freedom, Liberty, and Independence of the Seas. And Independence was actually docked right next door. And, I mean, it's a, it's a noticeable difference in size, but it doesn't feel um, significantly larger, uh, which was really a good thing. And when you're inside the Central Park area, and you have, instead of an inside room, you have balconies actually overlooking uh, Central Park. You have balconies overlooking the boardwalk. And those, those cabins are actually priced higher than the Ocean View. Hmm. Now, personally, I prefer, I'd go with the Ocean View 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> but uh, the beauty is that there, there are options. And the larger the ship, the more they can offer the passengers so that they can enjoy their vacation their way, not, not the regimented way that uh, you know maybe you know of, of years past and I mean dining has has taken an enormous uh, evolutionary process since the since MCL essentially kind of came out with uh, freestyle dining uh, almost 10 years ago and it's no longer the regimentation of first and second seating uh, the only real um, uh, scheduled times for the meals is really uh, dinner because breakfast and lunch, people are uh, eating on their own. They're eating in, in the different uh, types of restaurants, eating in the pizzerias. And uh, t- that's, that's the beauty of what cruising is. It's offering you, the passenger, the flexibility. Lastly, what are the hot deals out right now? I'd certainly say I'd look at Hawaii. Uh, one of my favorite places in the world to cruise is yeah. uh, definitely Hawaii. And uh, NCL's got the only U.S.-flagged ship out there doing seven-night which gets you from Honolulu to Hilo, Maui, uh, where you get two nights, uh, two days, I'm sorry, Kona, and you get an overnight in Kauai, which essentially gives you two days. Now, the nice thing is because it's U.S. flagged and registered, it doesn't have to visit a, a foreign port. So it gets you 85 hours of port time, where if you did a two-week cruise from the West Coast, you're only going to get about 52 hours of port time. And uh, I know there's a lot of uh, airfare sales, so, I mean, I've seen cruising from as low as uh, $1,299, yeah. uh, which includes uh, one night uh, in Honolulu. But, uh, you know, Carnival Dream, I mean, uh, we're seeing pricing from as low uh, at a Canaveral uh, from six fifty nine. dollars You know, the, the Crown Princess out of Fort Lauderdale is pricing from as low as $499. Um, the Norwegian Jade is, is probably one of my favorite deals, which was that 12-night Mediterranean that I mentioned that goes from Barcelona, goes to Rome. Uh, Athens, uh, Ephesus, which you go into the port of uh, Izmir, you get an overnight in Alexandria, Egypt, so you go see the pyramids in Giza, yeah. and uh, Valletta Malta, I mean, 1799, 12-night cruise, two-nights hotel in Barcelona, air from Jacksonville, it's a great deal. Um, you know, Celebrity Solstice is probably one of my favorite ships. It's uh, the ship that just kind of came out and knocked the premium market on its side uh, last November. It's, I mean, it's there's nothing in the market. There's nothing in the Princess and uh, Holland America fleets that can compete with it. They've got $849 per person for a seven-night cruise. And, guys, that's for a balcony cabin. Eighty-five wow. percent of the cabins on Celebrity Solstice uh, have verandas. And they have, it goes 
to the Eastern Caribbean out of Lauderdale. It goes to San Juan, St. Martin, Tortola, Virgin Gorda, and uh, Royal Caribbean's private beach in Labadee, Haiti, or San Juan, St. Kitts, and St. Martin. But it's 122,000 tons. It's only got 2,850 passengers. But, uh, I mean, overall, I mean, as far as getting a balcony, $849 for the winter months um, on, on that caliber of a ship uh, is, is really, I think, is one of my favorite deals out there right now. Very good. Stuart Sheeran is the cruise guy. You can find him at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Stuart, thank you so much, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Congratulations to listeners Kelly Roberts, Derek Talbot, Jared Brown, and Kim Daly. They were all winners in our 12 Days of Cruisemas contest. For future giveaways, log on to cruiseradio.net. Joining me now is Dr. Steve Guilin, Jacksonville pediatrician for over 50 years. And he and his wife Rose have over 700 days on Holland America Line. Dr. Guilin, welcome to Cruise Radio. Wonderful to be with you. 700 days is a lot of fun. Isn't it, though? <laughs> were these like world cruises, or were these some of the just smaller cruises all added up together? Uh, both. Uh, we started our cruising uh, seriously the first time I retired. I'm still working, but I, first, I thought I was retiring, and we had a pocket full of money, so we went around the world. 120 cool. days on the old uh, Rotterdam. Good Last grief. Voyage of it. That is a lot of time to be on a cruise ship. Yeah, and my wife and I found that we were really best friends. <laughs> How many ports are there on a world cruise like that? Uh, we would hit a different port about every other day. At any point, really, you didn't find yourself going going nuts? Oh, no. We would, we would have kept going if we could have. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But uh, the ports were nice. Some of them would stay two or three days at, like Hong Kong or in Egypt, but mm-hmm. uh, most of them was just one day for each port. Tell me, Doctor, what would you say that the best thing about sailing on Holland America is? The pampering, really. The gorgeous facilities, the decor, and the way everybody treats you uh, so nicely. After every little want or things you don't know that you want. Have you experienced many other cruise lines, Carnival, Royal Caribbean? Oh, yes, we've been on most of them, and we enjoy cruising on just about all of them, uh, except Costa. I don't think we care... We wouldn't go back on that one for free. Which but, one uh, was that one? Costa. Oh, yeah. The Italian line. Yeah, what's wrong with them? Two things. The attitude of the people. This uh, serving people. Uh, yeah. Like uh, I told a waiter, I'd, I'd like some salt. And he said, it's over there. Oh, boy. Instead of getting it for him, you know. <laughs> that would so never weird. happen on Holland America or even most of the other clu- cruise lines. I don't think that would happen anywhere. <laughs> and, and the other thing is so many of the passengers don't speak English. Right. Uh, it's hard to strike up a conversation with somebody because uh, I'm a gregarious person. I like to chat with people, mm-hmm. and they don't speak the English. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, another thing about Hall of America is the kind of people that go on it. They're mostly very friendly, uh, interesting people to get to know. And I understand it's, it's a little bit of an older demo, uh, so you're not going to find a lot of screaming kids running around, not not so many families so much. Right. It is uh, more older uh and uh, one of the things we love about it very much is the ballroom dancing type. Ah. Uh, we found the best dancing facilities on all of America as compared with any of the other lines. Mm-hmm. Now, being elderly, I have 50 years practice in Jacksonville. Uh, gives you some idea how old I am. Uh, I don't really care to go uh, climbing a rock wall <laughs> or, or surfing in a surfing machine. <laughs> right. right. Uh, 
but uh, my wife and I uh, do love dancing, and they have the best music and the best floors of any of the lines that we've been on. And the food is uh, a cut above any of the other lines. Now, Doc, are all the dinners formal dining? No, uh, about one out of three uh, is a formal night where you wear a tux or a dark suit. And, of course, if you don't want to do that, you can eat in the Lido deck and have good food there, too. And how about the entertainment? Uh, that's one of the nice things about Holland America. Uh, their entertainment is very, very good and very, very clean. They uh, avoid the risque entertainers that are so common on other lines. The magicians, the comedians uh, keep their acts uh, very clean and family-friendly. Yeah. And, and we're Christians. We like clean entertainment. You can be funny without being vulgar. That is true. Yeah. Now, Doctor, just because Holland America is geared towards an older demo and you won't see a lot of families with screaming kids on board, is that to say you won't see any children on board? No, there are a good many families, and they have a good uh, entertainment program for the kids. Right. Uh, The kids are off doing their thing with good supervision. But they're a minority. They're they're a minority. Yeah. But they're well-behaved, and they have so much entertainment for the kids, they don't really distract from the fun of the senior citizens that are on board. But we just like the variety. Dr. Steve Guyland, thank you so much for sharing your Holland America experience with us. Uh, God bless you and hope you can come talk to us again. Be glad to. This is Cruise Radio with over 3,000 subscribers in just the few short months we've been in existence. We absolutely encourage you to sign up for our newsletter to keep abreast of everything that's going on in the cruise world. And of course, if you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, log on now to cruiseradio.net. And this is your cruise news. Holland America's Rotterdam returned to service last week after a 28-day stay at the Grand Bahama shipyard for an extensive refit of all the current signature of excellence elements. The Port of Baltimore is relatively new to the cruise business, and this is their first winter season having a weekly cruise ship operation thanks to Carnival Cruise Lines, designating the city as their first northern year-round port. Heavy fog along the Gulf Coast wreaked havoc on cruise ships trying to get out of the ports of Galveston, Tampa, and Mobile. The ships that were delayed upwards of a day were the Carnival Fantasy, Carnival Inspiration, and the Royal Caribbean's Voyager of the Seas. Forget Las Vegas. The place to be next in November if you're an Elvis fan is once again on a Carnival cruise ship. The king of rock and roll, or at least a number of people who look remarkably like him, is making another appearance on the high seas next year as Carnival hosts a fourth Elvis cruise. A four-night, all-Elvis, all-the-time extravaganza. The voyage will take place on the 2,052-passenger Carnival Fascination as it sails out of Jacksonville, Florida, to the Bahamas, November 4th, 2010. That is your cruise news. Cruise Radio is based in Jacksonville, Florida, so Port Canaveral is right in our backyard. Lobbyist and frequent cruiser Scott Laura talks to us about sailing out of Port Canaveral. Scott, what do you like about it? There's several reasons why I like it so much. It's close by. We're here in Jacksonville, Florida. That's our home base, about two and a half hours away. If you live in the Orlando area, if you're flying into Orlando, about an hour and a half, just straight across. Great parking there. You have the covered garage, so your car is protected. There's also land-based parking there if you're going to park out there. Lots of handicapped spots for those folks, the senior citizens. But, you know, I've been on the Monarch so many times out of Port Canaveral, just very easy to get in, very easy to get out. Are there any hotels in the Canaveral area that you can actually park and not have to pay at the pier? The country inns and suites, less than two miles away from the uh, the cruise port there, you can actually see the ships 
right outside the front of the of the hotel. Mm. Great pool. They got a great breakfast there. They have an internet area where if you need to jump on the internet real quick. The people are great. When you walk in, you feel like you're part of a family, and it's clean. That's the one thing my wife always looks at. If it's a bathroom on I-95 South or at a hotel, is clean bathrooms. And well, that's it's exactly. relatively new. They just kind of built it, what? Uh, 2006, I believe. Yeah, and you don't have to sell us on it. We stayed there, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Very it's, clean. Very it's nice. Very clean. Great people there. Regular great shuttles. Service. Right, Regular shuttles that are taking you right from you know the door there to the cruise ship so you're not you know having to you know drag all your stuff around the guys are really great and to save that parking you know if you spend a night there or a couple nights there you're going to get uh, free parking which is a great deal what else do you find interesting about port canaveral besides it being close and that it's very easy to get in and out of there's a lot of interesting facts that i i found out Canaveral is the second busiest cruise port in the world for multi-day cruises. Over 4 million passengers sail annually from Port Canaveral, and they have three major cruise terminals you know, for the major cruise lines, and then there's three other terminals for the casino boat uh, cruises. And as I said before, getting in and out of there fast, that's the deal, because if you're running late, you need to get on the ship, it's easy in, easy off. One thing we need to mention, too, about Port Canaveral is the awesome restaurants right there oh, yeah. uh, across from the pier. We went to uh, Fish Lips, yeah. which uh, there's, that's just one of many restaurants there. Well, it's also cool because if you're uh, being dropped off by friends or family, they can sit and have drinks and appetizers and wave to you and watch you sail out, as we did with, with your parents, Doug. It was really cool. You could actually see them. They were aboard the Carnival Dream, which yeah. is massive, but uh, you were able to see them pretty clearly at the very, very top and... Uh, I wasn't aware that when uh, Disney Cruise Line sails out, their horn, or what do you call it? Is it a horn? Yeah, their horn. When you wish upon a star, it right. plays. It's it actually cool. plays. <laughs> it's instead of a... It's a regular... <laughs> Just like that. Exactly. <laughs> Only louder and better. <laughs> That's more like it. Oh, boy. All right, back on track. Scott, uh, when was the last time you sailed out of Port Canaveral? You know, just down there back in November. I uh, went there with my wife, Marty, with s- several friends. Just had a great time. Uh, nice being able to leave Jacksonville, head down there. Not that six- or seven-hour drive to Fort Lauderdale. Love Fort Lauderdale. Love going out of there. But co- Port Canaveral is close by. Another thing I want to touch on real quick are the ships that are sailing out of there. The Disney Magic, the Disney Wonder, Royal Caribbean, as I just mentioned. You got the Monarch. And you got the freedom of the seas. And, of course, the freedom, they got uh, over 3,000 passengers on there. And, of course, you have the Carnival Sensation and Dreams. So you have a range of ships, a range of prices. You have family with kids. You're going to hit the Disney. You're going to have fun. If you're younger group or you have some maybe older kids, you're going to have uh, Royal Caribbean. And, of course, you got Carnival there for the young wild group. Lobbyist and frequent cruiser Scott Laura. Scotty, thank you so much for being with us. And, of course, we can find you at jacksbloggers.com. Coming up next week, we'll talk to Stuart, the cruise guy, about booking your cruises. You can find him at cruiseguy.com. And we'll talk to Suzanne of cruisetalk.org about celebrity cruise lines. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter to stay dialed in to everything in the cruise world. And subscribe to our weekly show on iTunes or at cruiseradio.net. For founder Doug Parker, I'm host Matt Basford, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio.